Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you to check out our other podcasts at otrsuperman.com, the old-time radio Superman show. I did every circular episode of Superman uh, over the radio over a 10-year period. There was a server issue, and we are currently correcting that, restoring all the episodes that disappeared off the server. So you can catch 12 uh, episodes, generally 15 minutes each per week, being reposted over at otrsuperman.com. You can also check out the video version of this podcast at videotheater.greatdetectives.net. And if you are curious about World War II, then you'll want to check out The War. The War follows World War II uh, from the pre-war era all the way through the entire war and a little bit into the post-war era through a combination of news reports, drama, comedy, and music. You can check it all out at thewar.greatdetectives.net and then the amazing world of radio, amazing.greatdetectives.net. We've done so many miniseries. And coming up on Saturday and Sunday, we'll be adding two more Easter episodes. So check it out over at amazing.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of The Fat Man. The original air date is March the 3rd, 1955, and the title is Murder Shows an Unfamiliar Face. There he goes into that drugstore. He's stepping on the scales. Weight, 239 pounds. Fortune, danger. Who is it? The Fat Man. And now, here's the Fat Man in Murder Shows an Unfamiliar Face. This one began on the state highway just about ten miles out of town. I was coming home late one night from a boat club banquet. And being alone, I had the old party up to about fifty. It was plenty dark that night. So I came around a curve, my headlights picked out a woman standing right in the middle of the road. She was waving her arms, trying to flag somebody down. So I slowed up and pulled over to the side of the pavement. Right away, I could see that she was kind of cute. Waving at me, sister? Yes. Well, yes, I was. Thanks so much for stopping. What's the trouble? Uh, nothing. I, I, I just wondered if, if I could hitch a ride. Sure, get in. Which way are you headed? Your way, back to town. Fine. What happened? Your boyfriend leave you stranded? No, I, I didn't have a date. I thought maybe you were walking home from a buggy ride. Oh, no, no, it wasn't anything like that. What was it? Nothing. I, I just missed the last bus back to town. Pretty late for a girl like you to be out, isn't it? Especially on a dark road. Yes, I know. That's why I was so glad when you came along. 
How did you know it was going to be me? It's a risky business riding with strangers. Well, I haven't any choice. I couldn't stay there all night. Well, don't worry, kid. You're safe with me. I'm a professional chaperone. What? A private detective. Oh, for a hotel? No, for Brad Runyon. Brad Runyon? Yeah, that's me. Oh. What are you doing out here so late at night, baby? Oh, well, I... Look, are you really a private detective, Mr. Runyon? Sure, why? Because, well, you might be able to help me find him. Who? My father. Where's he gone? I don't know what... Oh, that's it. I don't know. Hey, 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 wait a minute with that. There's a law against crying in this car. But I, I was so mean to him. Okay, you were mean. What did you do? I, I just never went anywhere with him and never let him meet any of my friends. Not even the boy I was going to marry. Why not? What's the matter with the old guy? He's Mentally, I mean, his mind sort of wanders off and he can't remember things. So you don't want him to queer your romance, huh? That's right. Has he ever walked out on you before? Well, just once when my mother died and he lost his head and disappeared for two days. Well, that's why I'm out here tonight. I, I thought he might have been... He might have been in a grave. Was he? No. Well, dry your tears, kid. I'll call up somebody at the Bureau of Missing Persons first thing tomorrow morning. They'll help you find him. Who oh, won't you? Look, honey, I'm a pro. I've got to take cases that pay off. Oh, I'll pay. Not my kind of dough. I need plenty to feed this starving carcass. Don't you see how thin I am? I'll give you anything you want. No, kid. Nothing doing. all my life. I thought you were going to call me up sometime. I'm calling you now. Well, this is a fine time, you big stiff. Don't you know it's two o'clock in the morning? Yeah. All right. Tell me what's about. I want you to do me a turn, beautiful. Uh-uh. I did one for you once, remember? But I'm in bed. That's all right. I'm coming over with a sweet little girl. What? Her name's Dorothy, and I want you to look after her for a while. She's kind of upset. What's the matter? Her father's missing, Kathy. Been missing for almost two weeks. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so am I. That's why I'm taking the case. Will you let me drop her off at your place? Surely, bring her over. Thanks, honey. Do you do you think you can find her father? Well, I'm going to try. I've got a hunch I might find her tonight. Only I've got to get over there right away. Where? Where are you going? To the morgue. <laughs> Look, Len, I know it isn't exactly cricket to ask you a lot of questions. Okay, okay, get to the point. Well, I'm looking for a man about 60 years old, gray hair, blue eyes, and not a mark of identification on him. Uh Uh-huh. You got anybody like that? Have you any idea when he might have been brought in? I'm not sure he was brought in, but it might have been any time in the last two weeks. Gray hair, blue eyes, about 60. That's it. Wait a minute. You say he had no mark of identification on him. Nothing in his clothes? Not a thing. He wasn't even wearing a ring. I know the man you mean. He fell or jumped off the viaduct over Kearney Street. I don't know what he did. 
Is he here? That's what I'm asking you. Well, he was here, but he's not here anymore. What do you mean? The body was claimed. By whom? His wife's dead and his daughter's the only living relative. Wait a minute. I'll look it up in the file. Hurry it up, will you? Oh, take it easy, Runyon. For a lousy cigar, you want an awful lot of service. Come on, come on. Okay, here's the guy you're looking for. The body was brought in Friday night and claimed yesterday morning. By whom? A Mrs. Robert Hubbard, 610 Thornton Street. Mrs. Robert Hubbard, who's she? I don't know, but according to the statement she made, she was his wife. Yes? Uh, good morning, Mrs. Hubbard. Yes? What is alone, Mrs. Hubbard. I really shouldn't have called this early in the morning, but I did want to speak to you. Are you having breakfast? Why, no. What did you want to speak to me about? Your husband. Oh. May I come in? Uh, yes. Uh, uh, yes, come in. Thank you. Were you a business acquaintance of Mr. Hubbard? Uh, no, my name is Runyon. I'm a private investigator. What? Oh, it's nothing to get excited about. I just wanted to ask you a few questions about... What your... seems to be the trouble, Alice? Oh, it's nothing, Gordon. I, what do you I... mean, it's nothing? Who is this man? A private investigator. Investigator? What do you want? He wants to ask a few questions about Robert. Well, this is a fine time to come here. Young man, do you realize it's only two days? Oh, Gordon, please. Let him go on, Mrs. Hubbard. Confound it. Haven't you detectives any sense of decency? This poor woman has just lost her husband. And for two days now, you people have been cross-examining her like a common criminal. Gordon, Gordon, for heaven's sake. I don't care. I'm fed up with this nonsense. And I'm not going to put up with it any longer. Oh, now, now. That sort of attitude never got anywhere. You really must excuse my brother-in-law, Mr. Runyon. He's, he suffered a great loss, too. You see, Mr. Hubbard was his only brother. Well, in this case, I think he's right. I'll come back some other time, Mrs. Hubbard. Oh, no, no, you you stay. I want you to. But... No, I, I want to know what questions you were going to ask me. Oh, just the usual things? How long were you and your husband married, Mrs. Hubbard? Twenty-six years. And you lived together all the time? Oh, yes. We were very much in love. He'd never been married before, had he? No, of course not. Well, just one more question, then. When you claimed his body yesterday, Mrs. Hubbard, you had it taken to a funeral parlor. Yes? Why? I thought I might stop in and see it, if you don't mind. Why? Well, I just want to find out how much he resembles the man I'm looking for. I'm afraid that's impossible. Impossible? For me to see the body? Yes. Mr. Hubbard was cremated last night. Yeah, I'm still hanging on, Mac. Have you got any information for me? Yeah, some. Hubbard was an accountant for a firm that went on the rocks about six months ago. But back in 1936, he worked for a bank, so he must have been bonded. That means there's a record of his fingerprints. Right. Can you get it, Mac? Can you get those fingerprints and match them with the ones out at the morgue? I've got to find out if that body they claimed was really Robert Hubbard. Okay, okay. I'll find out and call you back. Uh, not at the office, Mac. I'll be over at Kathy's place. Kathy? Well, you old son of a gun. Is that, uh, business or pleasure? Business, Mac. My business. 
Hi, Kathy. Hi. Am I in time for breakfast, or have you had it? Had it. Just my luck. I came over here on an empty stomach. Oh, is that the way it looks when it's empty? Hey, hey, no cracks. Oh, sorry, I couldn't resist it. I'll get you some toast, Brad. Good. And while you're at it, throw a couple of eggs on it. Okay, this way to the kitchen. Thanks. Where's the kid? Dorothy? Yeah. Oh, she'll be back in a minute. She just went down to the corner with her fiancé. Fiancé? Yeah, she called him up this morning, and he came right over. He said he had something important to tell her. So you let her walk out with him? Shouldn't I? How do I know? I told you to keep an eye on her, didn't but I? Yeah, but that... nothing. I want that kid to stay put till I work this thing out. Well, don't yell at me, sweetheart. I'm not yelling. I'm just a little steamed up about this case. And if I don't hang on to that girl, I won't have anything. Oh, don't worry about... There she is now. I'll get it. Dorothy? Yes? Oh. I forgot you had company. Oh, uh, this is my fiancé, Mr. Lennon. Carl Weldon. How do you do? How do you do? Any news about my father? Not yet, kid, unless you have some. Well, we, we do have a kind of clue. At least Carl does. Yeah? Tell him about it, Carl. Yeah, tell me. Well, I, it's all kind of strange, Mr. Runyon. I've never met Dorothy's father, so I can't really be sure, but... Well, it must have been him or he wouldn't have spoken the way he did. Who? What are you talking about? Well, this man. He stopped me on the street and said he was Dorothy's father. Seems sort of vague about things, but he knew we were engaged and he wanted to wish me luck. Go on. Well, that's all there is to it. I spoke to him for a minute and then he was gone. Disappeared into the crowd. When was all this? Yesterday, about five o'clock in the afternoon. Yesterday? What's the matter, Brad? Anything wrong? I'll say there is. If that man was Dorothy's father, I've had the wrong slant on this case from the very beginning. What do you mean? No, uh, it's too hard to explain. I just took it for granted that somebody was trying to fool me. Who? A woman by the name of Hubbard. I thought she might have had something to do with your father's disappearance. But I'm all wet. The body she claimed at the morgue really was her husband. Morgue? Oh, Mr. Runyon, don't you think my father's alive? I do now, kid. It was just a mistake on my part. If I hadn't been looking at the case from our side, I never would have made it. I'll get that copy. It may be for me. Hello? Hello, Brad. This is Mackenzie. Yeah, Mac, I know. Now what? About the fingerprints. They match, don't they? No, they don't. You were right about that body at the morgue. It wasn't Mr. Hubbard's. <laughs> Brad. Because that's the safest place for her. You think she's in danger? Could be. In a case as screwy as this, almost anything can happen. But my apartment, that's not a safe place. Why not? Only three of us know she's there. You, me, and the boyfriend. Oh, and you trust all of us? I trust you and me. I'll find out about the boyfriend in a few minutes. How? By waiting here in my car. Get in. Well, what's this going to prove? Nothing, I hope. Only I told that kid the apartment was being watched. If he's up to something, he'll try to get her out of there. If he isn't, it'll stick. Huh. And what do we do while waiting for Rome to burn? Just sit here for a few minutes and make with small talk. If you get bored, I'll amuse you. How? You gotta get bored first. Oh, hum. A little. 
Come on, come here. Why, Brad, don't tell me you're going to hold my hand. I will if you take off that glove. Oh, why take it off this room for two? With a paw like this? I like that paw. Why? For Pete's sake, Kathy, what do you see in me? You. Baby, that's the nicest thing I ever heard in my life. I'm going to kiss you for that. Oh, Brad, no, not here. I can't wait till we get someplace else. Oh, Look out, baby, quick, get on. Good heavens, what happened? Somebody threw a stone at us. A stone? Yeah, with a note attached to it. Probably came from a passing car. What's on the note? Let me look. Dear Mr. Runyon, if you drop the case you're working on, there's $500 in it for you. If you don't, there's a slab waiting for you at the morgue. Oh, Brad. Don't get excited, chick. I've had notes like this before. What are you going to do? What do you think? Take the 500. You're crazy, Runyon. Absolutely nuts. Now, listen, Mac. I want to drop the case. The whole thing. I've got a yellow streak down my back. Oh, are you kidding? Nobody. I don't want to get bumped off any more than you do. I'm fat, but I'm not covered with armor. Come on, come on. What's the setup? You heard it. I'm scared. I want to drop the case. About 24 hours. Well, that's more like it. I've got to drop it so I can find out who wants me to and why. Now, if you keep quiet about those fingerprints for a while, I'll split the reward with you when we make the arrest. Reward? For what? I don't know yet. Take your pick. Larceny, fraud, embezzlement, or murder. Brad! Brad! Kathy, what are you doing here? I asked you to wait for me in the car around the corner. Brad, listen, he's gone. He left the apartment. Who? Dorothy's friend, Carl. How do you know? I just saw him in the street. What? He passed by right in front of the car, so I got out and followed him. Kathy, for Pete's sake, will you... It's all right. He didn't see me. Was he alone? Yeah. Where'd he go? Come on, I'll show you. Hurry up. There's something awfully screwy about all this. You said that once before. This time I mean it. I'm beginning to think that note we got wasn't on the level. What do you mean? Nobody's trying to buy me off this case. That $500 offer is just a stall. For what? Time. While I'm running down that note, the guy who wrote it is covering up his tracks. His or hers. No, no, no. This way, Brad. Uh. He went through this alley and down those basement stairs. Okay. Hold it up a second. What's the matter? Just want to unbutton my overcoat. Brad, what are you doing? From the gun on the outside. You stay here, baby. I'm going down those stairs. But, Brad, you can't... Do as I tell you. If I'm not out in two minutes, don't come after me. Get Mackenzie. All right, Brad. Don't look at me, kid. Get your watch out. I've got it. Oh! Brad! Brad! Oh, that was a mean one. What happened, Brad? Who hit you? I don't know. Somebody let me have it over the skull and beat it in the dark. Here, let me see your head. It's all right. The hat took some of the sting out of it. Oh, can you get up? I don't know if I want to. Oh, Brad, you're ripped. Somebody's coming. Stop right there, mister. I'm deadly with a forty-five. What? Brad, he's Carl. Kathy, Mr. Runyon. Hey, what are you doing here? Catching up with you, Carl. I think you owe me an apology for slugging me over the head. Hey, what are you talking about? Come on, come on. You had your chance when I came through this door. If you didn't want to kill me, what did you want to do? Well, you must be mistaken, Mr. Runyon. I've been looking all over this basement for Dorothy's father. Huh? What are you giving me? Well, I know it sounds crazy, but well, I was told I'd find him here. Who told you that? A woman on the telephone. 
He called up the apartment and told me to hurry over here. A woman? Just a plain, ordinary woman? No, no, she mentioned a name. What is it? Uh, Mrs. Hubbard, I think. What? Mrs. Robert Hubbard. Judas! She and Gordon must know Dorothy's in that apartment. How did they find out? I don't know. One of them must have trailed me there. Then that phone call was a trick to get me here. You said it. Quick, we've got to get to a telephone. Hello? Well, Dorothy, this is the fat man. Oh, hello, Mr. Runyon. Are you all right, kid? Oh, why, yes. Nobody tried to break into the apartment or get you out of it? No. You'd better bolt the door, kid, and keep away from the windows. Why? What's wrong? Never mind. Just stay where you are till we get there. Don't even answer the phone. But... Do what I tell you, Dorothy. There's a guy named Gordon Hubbard on the loose, and he's not afraid of murder. All right, Mr. Runyon, I'll, I'll stay here till you come. Good. We'll be there in less than 20 minutes. Goodbye, kid. Goodbye. Well, now what do you want me to do, Mr. Hubbard? Put the receiver down. Look, you can't hold me at the point of that gun forever, Mr. Hubbard. They'll be here in 20 minutes. That's all the time I'll need. Sit down, Dorothy. I want to talk to you. What about? Your father. Do you know where he is? Yes. He's dead, Dorothy. <gasps> oh, no! Yes. He fell off a viaduct about three days ago. Well, how do you know? He saw his body at the morgue. No! Dorothy, you've got to listen to me. You've got to be brave about this because it means so much to Mrs. Hubbard. What are you talking about? She doesn't know about your father. She thinks the body we claimed at the morgue really was her husband. Your father and he resembled each other enough to fool her. But, but who would want to fool her? I would. I did, in fact. Why? Because I wanted to keep something from her. The fact that her husband was burned to death in a fire about a week ago. What? His charred body was found in the apartment of another woman. And I didn't want Mrs. Hubbard to know. So you claim my father's body in his place? I didn't know he was your father, Dorothy. I didn't know who he was until I followed Mr. Runyon to this apartment and listened outside the door. Oh, I see. You you just went to the morgue and, and, and claimed an unidentified man. Well, I'd been looking for someone who might pass for Mr. Hubbard. When your father was brought in, I fooled Mrs. Hubbard into thinking it was her husband. You mean she still doesn't know? No. But she will if you continue this investigation. She'll know the whole story about Robert and this other woman. Won't you keep my secret? Mr. Runyon can't be bought off. It's all right, Mr. Hubbard. I'll make him drop the case. Not on your life, sweetie. I'm not dropping this case until I find out if that story he told you is true. But I believe him, Mr. Runyon. So do I. The part about your father, anyway. But the other part stinks to high heaven. Why? Because I got slugged on the head. What do you mean, Brad? Figure it out. You didn't do it, did you? Carl says he didn't. And Mr. Hubbard couldn't have because he was right here in this apartment when it happened. Then who did hit you? Mrs. Hubbard. And if she's in on this deal, her brother-in-law's story doesn't stand up. Wait right here, Kathy. Going through the window. Must you, Brad? What do you expect to find? A pot of gold, baby. I'll settle for a photograph album. How do you know Mrs. Hubbard has one? I don't. Quiet now. Open the window. Oh, Brad, you, you'll get killed if anybody's awake in there. Shh. Can't I go with you? No, just hold the light. I'll have a... 
hard enough time getting in myself. <sighs> I don't know why you can't let the police do this. Shh. I think I see what I came for. The album? Yeah. Right over here in the magazine rack. Bobby Brown. Just a second. Here, flash the light on this, honey. What are you looking for? A picture of Gordon Hubbard. If there is any such thing. Well, don't you think there is? Not if my hunch... Duck, baby duck, somebody's coming. You shouldn't have done that. Why not? Somebody was at that window. I saw him. suppose it was the fat man. So much the better. Turn on the lights. Gordon, it is the fat man. You killed him. Stay where you are, Alice. He's faking. Not faking, Mr. Herbert. Just giving my assistant a little more time to get to the police. What assistant? What are you talking about? You'll find out. So will you. Get up. What's the matter? Can't you kill me lying down? I'm not going to kill you. I'm just going to have you arrested for breaking into this house. I plead guilty. What's your plea, Mr. Hubbard? I don't believe I'm on trial. You will be when I find out how much insurance your brother carried. Oh, Gordon. Shut up. What's the matter, Mr. Hubbard? You're not the beneficiary, are you? No, I'm not. Then Mrs. Hubbard is. Naturally. What's wrong with that? Nothing. If her husband is really dead... Runyon, please. If you know what I told Dorothy, please don't repeat it. Not in front of Mrs. Hubbard, please. The story I know, Mrs. Hubbard knows too. You're her husband, Gordon. No. You must be. It's the only way you both can be honest. You're trying to collect insurance on a man who never died. You're crazy. Am I? You needed money, Mr. Hubbard, badly. So you went to a plastic surgeon and had your face made over. The scars still show underneath your sideburn. Oh, Gordon. Thanks for the confirmation, Mrs. Hubbard, but I don't really need it. If he's the man he says he is, there ought to be a picture of him in this album I'm sitting on. Get up. Give me a left. Get up or I'll kill you. Okay, Mr. Hubbard. Oh, oh he pulled the rope. Drop that gun or I'll shoot it out of your hand. Robert, Robert. What did you call him, Mrs. Hubbard? Oh. You called him by his right name, Robert. You can't prove it. Maybe I can't, Mr. Hubbard. But your fingerprints will. Well, Mac, what's the story? He's a man, all right. His fingerprints are the same as Robert Hubbard's. That washes it up as far as I'm concerned. Police ought to be able to carry on from here. What about Dorothy's father? What do you mean? Did they kill him or just claim his body at the morgue? Hey, you got something there. She has at that. My little assistant is learning fast. Oh, am I your little assistant? You ran for the cops, didn't you? For all you knew, you were saving me from a death worse than fate. Now, that's gratitude for you. Now, wait a minute, you two. I want to know about this murder business. Now, if Hubbard... Yeah? Telephone, Mackenzie. Okay. Now, don't go away, Ronnie. I'll be right back. Well, Brad, what do you think? I think you're gorgeous, baby. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the case. You're too far away. I can't hear you. You're not listening. Do you blame me? You've got a figure that makes a guy stop and look, but not listen. Oh, Brad, no. I can't hear you. Darling, not in a police station. Anywhere. Brad. Oh, stop coughing and come in, Mac. You know how I feel about Kathy. Well, I know you're not interested, but Hubbard didn't murder that girl's father. He just claimed the body of an unidentified man. How do you know? The kid just called me. Her father's still alive. What? Yeah. He'd been walking around in a daze for a while, and when it cleared up, he remembered who he was and went home. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, that's this business for you, Kathy. 
If he hadn't been lost, Mr. Hubbard would never have been found. Well, that's that. It seems I spend my life in getting into trouble and getting out of it. But at the same time, I generally manage to get some other people in and out of trouble, too. Be seeing you again. So long. Welcome back. It's worth noting that in old-time radio, spending thousands of dollars on illicit plastic surgery is often what a big part of solving your financial problem. It was nice to get to hear a lot of Kathy in this episode. I thought she was really sweet. I did like that line that what she liked about the fat man was him. That's a nice aspect of the character that we don't actually get to explore much in the American episodes that are out there. I'm not saying it didn't happen in the American series. It probably did, but we only have 10 episodes of that. I do assume uh, in this episode that when he said Ponty that he meant Pontiac. I'd never heard the term before. I don't know whether it's something uh, that was a bit of slang in Australia or in America, but there's probably a car person in the audience who would be able to provide some guidance. I also did like the ending. Not only did it turn out to be a happy ending, it gave the whole proceedings just a little bit of added irony. So, overall, a fun episode. Well, listener comments and feedback now. And I've got this question from Ian. Uh, and uh, over on Facebook writes, Out of interest, Adam, do you have a preference between the American and the Australian versions of the Fat Man? Uh, well, thanks for the question, Ian. And it's a good one. And I do actually enjoy both, and I think that uh, the Australian Fat Man does a good job of translating the series. Certainly uh, one of the better ones that uh, we've, uh, we've heard, you know, given the limitations. But that said, I definitely would love to have more American episodes of the series, and I do have a preference uh, for uh, those uh, you know, just because uh, uh, I, th I think J. Scott Smart really did, did have something very unique with how he played the character. Now, certainly Lloyd uh, Barrel has uh, put his own spin on it and I think does a perfectly fine job. But uh, the original is definitely my preference. Uh, I've lo I loved J. Scott Smart in the Extant episodes as well as in the movie version. And 
everybody who heard the American version has just got such a strong memory and association with it. And yeah, I am totally, I am totally more towards the American version, even though I do appreciate what was done here on the Australian one. Thanks so much for the question, Ian. And then I did get a question from Joe. He writes, given the news about Idaho and COVID, how are you? Now, to be honest, I'm not aware of any particular uh, statewide news story about Idaho and COVID. Uh, I'm recording this, I should say, on the morning of March 21st. So obviously, things could change in nine days, but I'm not aware of anything in particular, other than that our state legislature has had to postpone its session until April the 6th due to a COVID outbreak uh, in the State House of Representatives. And there's also been a pretty dramatic spike in cases and hospitalizations in the eastern part of Idaho, but that's the other side of the state for me, though I'm obviously uh, concerned about it. Overall, though, we're doing okay. I'm in a high-risk category, so I've had to be very cautious. I've been blessed to have an employer for my day job that's allowed me to work from home and a wife that's put up with me rather well for the past year. I kind of hope that we would see a decline in cases at some point, but other than briefly late May and early summer, that's not happened, and so I've had to be uh, very cautious and limit activities to a great degree, as I'm sure a lot of people in this audience have had to do. So other than grocery stores or doctor visits or or post office, I've not been to many indoor places in the past year. However, I'm very blessed to be the proud owner of a border collie. And so I've been a lot of outdoor places. So I'm at dog parks or off-leash areas, generally at least five days a week. And I'm really grateful for him for keeping me active and getting me out of the house. And really, we were blessed to get both him and our cat, Bullwinkle, about six months before this all started. So they were settled in. I guess another bright spot for me is that I've not had any respiratory infection in the past 13 months, which I can't remember the last time I went uh, that long without that happening. So there are challenges, but we're making our way through as best we can, just like everyone else. But we'll definitely be glad to see the back of this. Thanks so much for the question, and I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. I want to thank Christine. Christine's been one of our Patreon supporters since November 2018, currently supporting us at the uh, Seamus level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Christine. And that'll do it for today. A reminder, if you enjoy this podcast, please rate it wherever you download your podcast. And if you would like, uh, you can also leave a review. 
Join us back here tomorrow for The Man Called X, and we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of The Fat Man. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.